Thanks for listening in and downloading this Talking Heads episode. I, am, of course, am your host, Matthew Herrera. You can find me on Twitter at It's Matt in LA. You can always rate and subscribe to this Talking Heads podcast through the Apple iTunes podcast or through podcasts.com. Again, thank you for listening, and let's get the show on the road. Welcome to this all-NBA edition of Talking Heads. We're going to start the show off talking a little bit about expectations. I want you to go back, thinking about early summer last year, when LeBron James finally made his decision to come to the Lakers during the offseason. And everyone knew, everyone knew the expectations were going to be low, right? This is what we expect from this team. If they don't land another max player in the offseason, talking about last June, right? Last June, July. Then everyone knew this year was going to be pretty much a throwaway year for LeBron James and the Lakers. So what happens? Paul George decides to sign with Oklahoma City, right? Things start falling apart not getting that second max player. So there was no real big expectations, but the sky is falling. I got Narbe Pazeshkian back in, back on Talking Heads once again. So I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, thinking about last year in the offseason and where they've come today. A lot of people, it feels like the sky is falling in Lakerland when really, to me, been following this, you know, even through before this, just Lakers, I'm used to this, right? We're used to this, the Lakers kind of not being that great. And these guys, obviously, we kind of knew these guys weren't going to be it. So what's your take on this, Narvey? I want to say thank you again for having me on the show. Uh, it's definitely a pleasure to speak basketball with Matthew Herrera. <laughs> Always a pleasure indeed. Um, yeah, well, it's funny you say what you say, because as far as I'm concerned, when the year started and when you tune into all these sports talk um, shows, right? You have ESPN First Take and The Undisputed and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you have people saying that they're going to reach the conference finals or they're going to be a top four seed or, you know, they're the only team that's going to be challenging Golden State outside of Houston. So I wouldn't say that a lot of people expected them to um, have a mediocre year. Uh, personally, I didn't really hear about fans' takes. I feel like when everyone heard that LeBron is coming, it's like, boom, automatic championship, you know? But in order to have um, a solid contending team around LeBron, you definitely need the right cast. Um, And I'm going to go out and say, I truly believe this. I know there's little more than 20 games left. I the Lakers will be making the playoffs. I truly believe that. Um, I feel like it's meant to be. Uh, I don't know how far we're going to go, but I feel like it's meant to be. Something will happen uh, only a couple games back of the set, uh, you know, seventh and eighth seed. I don't think it's a stretch. People are speaking as if the Lakers have five games left and they're back three, four games. No, we still have about 22 games left. It's still possible. Um, and I know they've lost some winnable games, but they still have a chance to make up for that. And uh, the Clippers have lost a couple. The Kings have lost a couple. That That's my take. I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I've certainly grown up around a Lakers team that's usually been successful. Uh, I know there were a couple stretches in the mid-2000s, you know, 
after Shaq left and whatever. Right, but right. I've always seen a successful Lakers team. After the 2012-13 season, obviously it's been a spiral and downhill, but now we're back on the climb. Something, actually, that that those five years were probably something that the Laker fans never witnessed, actually, to be honest. So it was a new thing for everyone. But I think they are going to make the playoffs. I truly believe it. I'm speaking it into existence, uh, Lavar Ball esque. But yeah, <laughs> I I have like a very I'm a hunch. I'm a hunch. Like I believe in my squad. Okay, okay. And to take you back a little bit. Before we get into how many wins the Lakers need to get in the playoffs. Yes. When when all this hype was coming in and LeBron was coming on the Lakers and just before the season started, I had this team. I figured this team could figure out a way to win at least 50 games. And I felt like they, other than reaching uh, or meeting the Golden State Warriors sometimes, sometime before the Western Conference Finals, I felt that it was going to be a for sure lock that the Lakers would get to the Western Conference Finals. Now, obviously, injuries have played a role in that. Uh, we talked about that a little bit the last time you were on. Yeah. This team's really missed Rondo. This team has really missed LeBron since he went down, when he went down on uh, Christmas Day, and he was gone for about, what, 20, 20 games? And now, now Lonzo Ball, his second year in the league, he's injured again. But... The good thing about the West is that, and with LeBron coming to the West, it, there's it, there's been more parity, right? So you don't need those 50 wins to get into the playoffs. So how many wins exactly do we think the Lakers need to get to the end of the playoffs? There's 21 games left. They, they've played 61 so far. We know this is going to be competitive. And since the All-Star break, we saw them beat the Rockets, and that wasn't a good win. Then they, But they lost at New Orleans and at Memphis. They come yes. back home, squeak out one against the Pelicans and Anthony Davis. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard the Lakers need to win. Since the All-Star break, they needed to win like 14 more games. Can they win 14, 15 more games? Can they get to 45 at least, let alone 50? All right, so 21 games left, right? We're looking at a 14-7 and seven record possibly, which would reach, what, uh, 44 games? Right. Okay, it's it's honestly as much as it depends on how how well the Lakers do, it also depends on how well the other teams do or how poor the other teams do. I I I want to say that the Lakers need to win at least forty five. I'm gonna go out and say forty five. So fifteen and six finish. Right, um, and I, I mean, it, it seems like with all the competition in the West, it seems like forty-five gets you in, right? Yeah, I think so. I think forty-five gets you in. But here's the Lakers' problem: they are not consistent. I mean, you beat Houston at home, and then you lose to New Orleans without a Davis, and then at Memphis, who is not trying to win. They are second to last in the West, and you lose to them. It's it, that should not happen. I, no excuses. It. Um, I. I. I mean, sometimes I'm just appalled. I don't know what's going on. But I mean, you can't. Once the game is done, you just got to look forward. Now, you know, 21 games left. Boom. I think 15 and six. We got to go 15 and six. Uh, 45 and would it be 45 and 37? That's yeah, correct. 45 and 37. I think should get the Lakers in. Um, and you know how how far are we back from the six seed? Uh, five games that's going to be a little tough um it just he, and then here's my other thing 
if the Lakers can get that seventh seed and if Golden State can finish first, making Denver finish second, I think the Lakers playing Denver in the first round really gives the Lakers an opportunity to upset Denver. I don't trust Denver in the playoffs. Um, they haven't proven themselves. And, you know, last season, I think they had a chance to make the playoffs and lost to Minnesota at home, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it went to overtime. But they are not a proven team as because they're young. And I know the Lakers right. are young, but they do not have a LeBron James, Denver. So I do want – I would hope for a Lakers matchup against Denver in the first round because um, I truly believe the Lakers – I don't trust Denver. I don't look at them as a Golden State or OKC or a Houston. Do you put any blame on what's been happening on Luke Walton? I've seen – I mean, we Man. hear it all the time, right? Being in L.A., oh, yeah. from L.A., Luke gets so much just heat and flack and – I don't know if you were you were listening to Jeff Van Gundy and Stan Van Gundy talking about uh, Luke Walton at all during the game when they were on ESPN a few days ago, but they were they were of course you know Stan Van Gundy being a coach in the league and Jeff Van Gundy both of them and they you know they they try to be like oh it's not Luke's fault Luke doesn't or anyone who's been playing coach for LeBron they never get the credit they never it's always no. Right. So what what's your what's your take on Luke Walton and the bad rap that he's been getting so far? I I haven't really thought about it. I really have not. Do you most think the, do you think he's going to be with the team next year? I want him to. I do. I do. I I believe he is a very good coach. I believe he's an NBA capable coach, uh, capable of coaching a team like the Lakers with the LeBron James. I believe it. Um most of the things I've been hearing on the negative side have mostly been about the bench and mostly about LeBron's um, lack of play at times and mostly on Magic and Palinka in regards to not assembling a roster that's competitive and that's capable of playing around LeBron. I'm, I'm looking at the box score right now from the recent win with the Lakers over the Pelicans and the Lakers won the game, thank God, shooting 61% from the free throw line. And 32% from three. Um, uh, luckily, New Orleans only shot 20% from three, making one less three and attempting 10 more. Um, but, you know, it's just like I, I'm not too sure if the um, – I'm not too sure if that falls on the coach because as an NBA team, you should be able to make free throws. Uh, I don't see a reason why you cannot. Uh, but – I don't know. I think Luke is capable. Maybe the only thing I would give him is doing the five, the hockey style substitutions, five in, five out. I think he's done that a couple times. That I'm not a fan of. Definitely not a fan of. Um, but I don't know. I don't think Luke deserves the the blame that uh, apparently he's receiving, or people are saying he's not going to be there next year. I don't think so. I I feel like there's writing on the wall that he isn't a fit with LeBron James, but uh-huh. I do agree with you that. He hasn't done anything so bad that he needs to lose his job. You know, there's yeah. no, there's nothing that that's been going on that it's totally 100% on him. I mean, we've we've seen LeBron walking into the arena with a glass of wine. I mean, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's not all LeBron, on Luke, maybe. right? I mean, yeah. LeBron is LeBron James and he could do whatever he wants, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> when yeah, guys funny. see that, of course he's the king, right? 
it's just when Luke Luke doesn't really have pull, right? I mean, we people knew LeBron James coming to this team. It was it was going to be he he his turn to play GM, right? He Yeah. Everyone knew this was set up, right? Magic probably and the Lakers probably should have been fined, probably lost should have lost draft picks for this because this was set in stone. It feels like 2 years ago that LeBron James was going to come to LA. You think so? You really believe that? I mean, who knows? But I I just feel like I think looking back on it, it was pretty um, evident, and uh, you could see the signs of LeBron. Not maybe not right. two years ago, but but last season, you could see the signs. Definitely, you could see, it. You could see yeah. that where the dominoes were going to fall, and it, yeah. it it just made sense. It just made sense, and I don't know. Yeah, okay, I may just be you know embellishing a little bit, trying to say that sure. they they sure. they should have got picks taken away or whatever been fined, but either way. Like LeBron tried to trade half this team away for one guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's some some things are just interesting to me of how. Okay, like when you play in the market you play in, being Los Angeles, and you are the Los Angeles Lakers, everything is magnified to uh, the ten thousandth degree. In my opinion, I mean, I'm obviously I'm exaggerating totally by the no, degree yeah. number, but everything is, is uh, magnified to a ridiculous large amount. And obviously, if LeBron came to the Lakers, which he did, and he missed the playoffs as a Los Angeles Laker, as one of the greatest players of all time in his first season, I mean, the things he would hear in terms of his record in the, I mean, his going in the history books would be ridiculous. Uh, people, I'm sure, you know, people are just waiting to just bash the guy if he yeah. does not make the playoffs. There is no doubt. They'll be like, oh, you know, Kareem never did this. Magic never. Kobe, such and such. You know, although Kareem did miss the playoffs, um, I think in his early years as a uh, Laker, I must say that. I don't think a lot of people know about that. Jerry West did miss the playoffs too, I think. Um, and obviously we know Kobe did. But um, in, in the, you know, the middle stages after the right. Shaq trade. But it's just like, with social media and LeBron being who he is, and and the and you know the other funny part about this is LeBron just has a, I feel like with LeBron everything is calculated. Yeah, it's so interesting to me the the things he says. Um, I don't know if he thinks about saying these like it's pre-planned or you know someone is in his ear, but everything is calculated, and that's and at the same time I have a lot of trust in him to deliver it, even if things are calculated in the way he says things or. Um, maybe one day he's defending his teammate. The other day he's defending uh, Harrison Barnes, but through Harrison Barnes he's defending Anthony Davis. Right. Um, right. Right. It's. I don't know. It's. Uh, he's. I've never seen a player like him. Um, just control. He controls everything. It's, he does. It's unbelievable. It's. 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 Uh, he's got to that that stage in his career where he's bigger than the league itself, right? And they're changing yeah. rules or they're not worrying about rules and tampering because he can go have dinner with whoever he wants. He can go sit down oh, with yeah. Anthony Davis, you know. And, and oh, like the 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 the, bar, the the show he has, right? On HBO? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Davis is a guest. I don't know if it aired already or not, but um yeah. I mean, the NBA can't control that, you know. Yeah. And if they want to talk about getting together and trying to scheme away, you know, I, I feel like 
you talking about how calculated LeBron is, there was definitely some calculations going on with him and Rich Paul and uh uh def with Anthony Davis signing with Clutch Sports, right? And with yes. Anthony Davis and the whole trade. But I mean overall going back to Luke, this is right, this is this isn't on Luke. This is all LeBron's doing in a sense. But see, we don't blame him. We understood see, I don't, going yeah, back to expectations. See, we knew, you know, it was going to be a rough, very rocky first year. Yes. See, then again, I can't blame LeBron because then I look at the Lakers bench and I'm like, what is going on here? Right. Uh, I think a couple of days ago, uh, uh, before the Pelicans game, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the bench might have had only seven points. Against uh, Memphis. More or less. Yes. yes. Right? right? Six Something points. Like that. It was six points. It's ridiculous. I, how? How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like I'm like. Also, side note: something that that just happened right now. Pau Gasol just signed with the Milwaukee Bucks after opting. Uh, he came out to buy out with San Antonio. Oh wow! Yeah, kind of interesting, right? Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so he won't be playing but, tonight, but yeah, the Milwaukee's oh, yeah, making like, making a, a solid push to try to win it all this year. Oh, for sure, but but I must say, Gasol leaving San Antonio is interesting to me because San Antonio is obviously a playoff team, right. playoff caliber. They have they, I mean, they are a great team in my opinion. They might be low in the standings, the bottom feet of the playoff standings, but uh, with DeRozan and Aldridge, um, but then it's it, it would be it would make sense if Gasol was on a very poor team. Um, but now he just went to Milwaukee, and I mean they have a lot of. And I got to look at the Milwaukee Bucks roster here. Uh, they got Miritich, right? And right. Oh, what an interesting team. But I just wanted to point that out. What just happened? Uh, I didn't expect the salt to be bought out, to be honest. I know that's kind of out of left field, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, look. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, Lopez. The second string is uh. George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo, Tony Snell, Miritich. Ah, okay. So they're going to put Gasol backing up Lopez, which is right. pretty great. That's, oh, dude. that's great. Because they had Irsan Ilyasova as the backup center. <laughs> oh, man. Which is, uh, he's a But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to let you know right now that just happened. Uh, kind of surprising because I usually you don't see someone go from a pretty good team to a great team from a buyout. Man, yeah, yeah. But, I I feel like Milwaukee's definitely going all in on trying to win the East this year. You can you can kind of tell they're gonna you know win at least sixty games. And Boston, I mean, I don't know what happened to them. Right? They they once oh, like their the chemistry got all messed up with uh, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving all of a sudden coming back, being healthy. Like those guys who were doing stuff for the team uh -huh. in the playoff run, Jason Tatum. It, it's just totally flipped. Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving's injuries last year were a blessing and a curse at the same time. Um, it gave Brown and Tatum the opportunity to play and uh, a, a crazy amount of minutes in highly regarded games, you know, like conference finals and semifinals. So what that did was give them a lot of not power, but confidence. And so when the season begins being this year, um, it gave, uh, you know, the Celtics as a whole 
it, it was tough for them to put Tatum and Brown on the back burner. And Rozier, too. Even Ro- Rozier. Yeah, oh, and Rozier. Oh, sorry. I forgot about Rozier. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, you have all these great players on one team, most of them being fairly young, fairly young. And it's like, how do I balance out this roster? Um, there is no way the Celtics can maintain this, in my opinion. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening because as much as you have your Golden States of the world, no other, not many other teams can function like this. Um, but the problem with Golden State is not that they have three other possible all-stars on the bench. The thing That's the problem with Boston. They have possibly, I mean, Kyrie, you have Gordon Hayward, you have Al Horford, you have Tatum Brown, Rosier. I mean, we're looking at six, seven possible all-stars. Right. It's tough. I, I think if I were Boston, I would make the trade for Davis in the summer. With Tatum? Yes. With Tatum would be part of the package? Yes, I would do it. I would because I want Kyrie and uh, Davis as my cornerstone. You see, there's been a lot of drama going on with Kyrie, and I just feel like, I mean, it was weird that phone call that he talked about he had with LeBron earlier in the season, and he uh-huh. actually ap- said he apologized, and now he's kind of reneging on the fact that during that uh, uh, season ticket holders meeting that he he was like, oh, I'm gonna be back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, spoke too soon. Who knows if he's even gonna be on the team next year? But yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel Jason Tatum is going to be just as good as Anthony Davis, if not better. And I feel like you wait that out. Danny Ainge, uh, Danny Ainge is, uh, I'm not going to, um, no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> no. no way. Tell me no why. No way. You don't think? I, I mean, mean, Anthony Davis is a whole different specimen. But see, Anthony Davis, you, I feel like you can't rely on him to be healthy. He, he hasn't played more than what? 75 games in a season. And I mean, he's going to be good and solid for the next five, six, seven years, right? He's still, seven, he's, eight. yeah, he's going to be in his prime for his for a while, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. the The only thing, I, I just feel like Jason Tatum. I feel like he he's the what worries me about Anthony Davis is his length, and he's got such a big body. Granted, Jason Tatum himself is six foot eight, so yes. I mean, it's just those bigger guys, they just scare me with their health and whatnot. And I would want to keep the young guy. I mean, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'd want to keep the guy I drafted. You know what I mean? Danny Ainge is a master at what he does. And the Boston Celtics have been, you know, a a great product these last, since they made that move for for Garnett and Ray Allen back Uh to bring the first big three. So Danny Ainge is, I mean, I just don't see him giving away Jason Tatum. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I can see. Okay, the only reason I say this is because I want to avoid a huge problem. I go ahead and do that, so I can have Kyrie and Davis as my cornerstones, and I'm build, I'm, right. I'm able to get rid of. They're not problems, but they cause chaos, and so Kyrie can know like I'm the man with Davis. Right. I don't know how the trade would look, but I, I think then you can move Hayward into the three spot as a starter. Um, again, I don't know what happened to Horford. Would he be in the trade or not? But right. I think I would, if I'm boss, I make the, the trade. That, that's my take. I, it's just for me to avoid problems. Yeah. That's all, yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting take. But 
Yeah, the whole Pau Gasol thing completely sidetracked us. <laughs> I know, right? That's okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, let's let's uh, finish this off then with going back to the Lakers, talking about sure. our guy LeBron. And oh, yeah. I heard this crazy stat. I had to bring it up to you. And yeah. I also found the f- perfect way to frame this. For players who have played more than 30 games this year, he okay. is the third average slowest defender. Only in front of James Harden and Dirk Nowitzki, who have played... Dirk Nowitzki's played thirty, and James Harden's played fifty-eight. So okay, so 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 let me let me let me kind of grasp what you said and understand that. So average defense, we're talking about miles ran, miles per. Yeah, I believe I believe it's average feet per second. Oh, okay. Yes. So he and then and then you, so so you're looking at players with thirty. Or more games played, right? Correct, correct. Okay, and he is the third slowest. I'm just laughing. <laughs> like I mean, Dirk and- you, I'm sure you've seen the viral videos, too, of him just kind yes. of, like, standing there and just, like, oh, what happened there? <laughs> you know? Like- yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's funny to me. It's hard to believe. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> but, but, but could it be he's preserving his energy? Right. I mean, he's, he's had a really serious injury that he's coming off. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's hard to say. It's like, do you want LeBron giving up 12, 14 points a game? Uh, easy points. Not saying he, you know, you know, he's guarding a man really tightly and the guy scores on him. Do you is it okay for him to give up 12, 14 points a game by being 20 feet off the guy, but at the same time going and having a 28, 10, and 9 game? It's 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 like you know, it's like, do we bench the guy? No. Right. Uh, no way. Uh, I mean, no, he, no, 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 no. He's played the most games. I'm pretty sure out of anyone the last, the last what eight, ten years. years. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, you said James Harden. I mean, you mentioned James Harden, but we're talking about Harden being the possible MVP. It's like maybe these numbers don't even matter. Right. <laughs> maybe they don't. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they don't. Maybe maybe numbers do lie sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, and and I mean, he's LeBron's been in the league for 16 years now, and and you just got to think the mileage he's put on at this point in his, in his career, especially with where the Lakers are are at standings wise, and just yeah. how injuries have kind of thrown this this team was fourth seed in the fourth seed before LeBron went down and Rajon. And Lonzo has also been part of that, right? And now they yeah. they they went to 11th seed, and now they're back at 10, trying to mm-hmm. fight their way back in. And it's just, it's just interesting, you know. You, you see him moving so slow. You see all these these viral videos that look bad. They look bad, you know. And chemistry wise, you you just if you're someone like a fan like us and just trying to observe and find out what's going on. It just feels like the chemistry, not only just because of the defense, but because of what's happened this entire year and just how LeBron tried to trade away. Like I said earlier, half the guys for one guy. It's, I feel like this season, like there were no expectations, even though people felt like this team should have been in the Western conference finals, which they probably won't. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I think, I think, the oh we're gonna be in the Western Conference Finals is a quick like high. You know? Yeah. I think it's a quick high off LeBron James signing a four year deal with the Lakers. Definitely. I really believe it's uh it's it's not it's it's um 
as soon as he signed, it's like, oh my god, what are we gonna do next? Oh, we're gonna be so great. Um, I'm not gonna lie, like I, I, I was like, oh, we are back. Right. And yeah, I, I do believe we're back. Uh, he, he, he was gone for a while, injury. Obviously, we just, you just mentioned Rondo and Lonzo, and we do need Lonzo back. Uh, we need him. His defense is amazing. Um, I think I think he makes the game quick. He's very fast paced. It opens up. Does a lot of when spacing, he's on the but, court, the team yeah. really responds well with how he plays. Like yes. he sets the tone on defense yes. and on offense. It's it's floor general. Yeah, floor it's, general. It's, that's it's his, really that's interesting. Job. Uh, but let, I think it's better for the Lakers to make the playoffs and push for it rather than not. Because getting in is obviously better than not getting in, in my opinion. And once and when you have a LeBron-led team, I think anything is possible. Um, so, you know, this push is going to be made. I don't think they're all, you know, their heads aren't down, and I don't think they're talking about the offseason already. Uh, like I said, it's a couple games back. It's not like there's no chance of it, but people are writing them off. Right. And so, that's something I don't understand. How could you write the team off when they are only a couple games back, when we have more than 20 games left? Um, and, you know, you have inexperienced teams like the Kings and the Clippers who um, the Clippers aren't even trying to win. I mean, I think I said that in the last po- podcast, and that's why you got to take advantage. Of, uh, I think the Clippers have a bunch of home games coming up. But then again, they are inexperienced. And I'm telling you right now, if we get that Denver matchup in the playoffs, Denver, it's going to be scary for them. And it's we going to be scary for them. And we were talking about the way the Lakers match up with the Warriors. I mean, we yes. feel like that's going to be, a comp- especially with LeBron on the team, it's going to be a competitive series. If they get to the playoffs yes. and have a chance to match up with the Titans of the league right now, it's going to be... Even though, even if it is over in five or six games, sure, it's still going to be competitive, great basketball, and everyone's going to be watching. Yeah, and you know, so what if we, you know, play the Warriors the first round and lose in whatever amount of games? Um, yeah, it'll be tough. Uh, it'll be like maybe uh, we should have had better chemistry and not landed the eight seed and could have got five, six, seven, or four. Um, but it is what it is, and. Even if the series does come to an end quickly, you could still see the future. You could still see the matchups. You know, we like you said, we saw those games where the, they matched up very well with Kuzma and Ingram and et cetera. Um, but and then then once the season ends, it's like, what is going to happen this offseason? Right. That's a whole nother story. Uh, do we bring back the same core and with the better uh, bench cast? Or do we just make a couple large trades and bring in like a superstar to pair with LeBron and then a maybe a star player? Right. So this this it's gonna be um, from now until July. It's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, and the storyline is gonna keep changing in the few you know in these few weeks to come. Oh yeah. And March, the end of March, and playoffs isn't so far uh, away. Not and, at all. Yeah. We're looking at about five, six weeks of the regular season end, so it's all going to come down to this. But like I said, mark my words, we make the playoffs. Guaranteed. All right. right here well, on the show. 
yeah let's let's uh we'll keep following this weekly and yeah we'll we'll uh keep having you come on and we'll keep breaking down the lakers wins, losses whatever they got a big game tonight against milwaukee bucks they got a chance to capitalize and show people that they do deserve a spot in the playoffs so let's see they got there's there's still 20 games is a lot of games it's still a good chunk of games left so a lot can happen